At Chiffy Lube, it's our job to make car care make sense with personalized service reviews that swap the car talk for straight talk so you know what your car is telling you and what to do about it. Where highly trained service technicians have your back, helping you take care of the small stuff before it becomes big stuff. Plus a full range of services from Pennzoil oil changes and tire rotations to filters, wipers, and more. We've got what your car needs so you're ready for whatever's next. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care, that's a job for Jiffy. Find a Pennzoil pouring service center near you at JiffyLube.com. What's going on, Go Along subscribers and listeners and readers? Thank you so much for listening to this special edition of the podcast. We thought we'd bring Bob McGinn back like old times. So uh, with the Green Bay Packers at the halfway point, three and five, uh, riding a four-game losing streak, a lot of questions. This is the one man who can provide unique analysis on everything. Bob has been watching the team from afar. Obviously, his role has changed here at Go Long. He, right now, he's wrapping up his uh, series on his decades covering the Green Bay Packers, position by position, player by player. Hopefully, you've been able to follow along. His McGinn Files features will be starting up soon. Last year, you may remember Bob had a, an extensive conversation with Brett Favre. He had that series. Uh, also, a story on Mike Vrabel, Aaron Donald. Well, he's going to have five McGinn Files features for subscribers. Cannot wait to read those. And then obviously his NFL draft coverage is bar none, the best in the business. That's going to be here before we know it. Uh, So yeah, just, you know, last year, each week we broke down the Green Bay Packers and we had to do it here at the midway point, three and five, a lot of questions. Uh, Bob McGinn, his analysis is one of a kind. So uh, we thought we'd bring him in to wrap up uh, their loss, the Buffalo Bills, and also think big picture on the team as well. So hope you hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, as a reminder, when you purchase the blood and guts, how tight ends save football and contact me at golongtd at gmail.com. Again, that's golongtd at gmail.com or on Twitter. Just shoot me a DM at Ty Dunn. I'll make sure you get a signed book plate, uh, a few random tight end sports cards from the collection, because why not? And a golong decal. So uh, definitely add the blood and guts to your library and we'll hook you up with some goodies. Just thrilled that everybody's been enjoying this book. Thank you so much for keeping this momentum going. All right, here's uh, my conversation with Bob. Hope you enjoy. Thanks again. We're back, Bob. What's going on? We're, I, I don't even know how to intro this. We did this uh, every week last year, the Ty and Bob pod. Um, this is a, a special edition, right? A, a reunion of sorts. The reunion on top of the reunion, because last year was quite a reunion from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel days, but it's good to see you here on Zoom. How in the hell are you? I'm doing great, Tyler. It's fun, fun to be blabbing with you again, you know, on these Tuesday mornings, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured everybody's heard my, my voice like way, way more than they'd probably like on this team and, and read my words. They need some Bob McGinn in their life. The Green Bay Packers are three and five. A lot of fans don't know. A lot of listeners, readers here at Go Long don't know what to make of this season that is kind of going south pretty fast. We've seen, we've seen things turn around before, right? They were 
four and six in 2016. And that's when, you know, Aaron Rodgers just goes on that historic run and, you know, they get to the NFC championship game, but you know, Devontae Adams isn't walking through that door anymore. It's a, it's a different team. They've got to win a different way. A lot of stuff we've talked about, but just generally, what, what do you see? And, and I guess kind of fill people in on um, how you've kind of consumed Green Bay Packers right. football this year. You know, even though we've, we've put it out there a few times, but in case people didn't read it or see it. Uh, so Bob is obviously still with us here at Go Long. You've been doing the awesome series, looking back at your decades upon decades of, of covering the team. Um, just, just great to kind of see how things sum up offense, defense, special teams, individual players, units, um, that's wrapping up soon. And, and then you're doing your McGinn file features, which are always must read. I mean, you talked to Brett Farr for hours on end yesterday for one of your McGinn files series. Uh, so that will be kicking into gear. And then the draft series, it's going to be here before we know it, but Bob's annual must read patented, often duplicated, never replicated, what, how else can I blow some smoke up your ass here, Bob? It's it's the best, you know, out of all the draft content, nothing compares to what Bob does every year. So we'll have that again at Go Long. But, yes, you're not uh, – it's got to be refreshing to not just be glued to a screen watching film like you have been, right? You've been able to live your life a little bit. Right, right, yeah. Um, so I've been to a lot of college games. I've been – I saw the Lions Sunday Live just, you know, as a fan with a buddy. Um, been just done a lot of things, and um, so look, look, we had to tell the listeners right now what I've seen. All I've seen all eight games on TV. Okay, I didn't see any of the exhibition games. I stayed away from all that. So this, you know, I mean, I would consume and study tape on every exhibition game. You know the drill for forty years, right? Or as long as tape was around VHS. Um, but in the Ann Arbor Green Detroit market. Green Bay games have been on. So I've seen all seven. And then I studied the Buffalo game. I spent about eight hours with the tape yesterday for the first time all year, you know, and it opened my eyes to a lot of things that I hadn't seen watching the first seven games. So that's, I mean, I don't feel certainly as credible as I would having watched study the tape like normal, all eight games, but I'll do the best I can on seven TV and one tape. Okay. Um. Well, should we just start like I'll just start normal, okay, Tyler? All right. You yesterday, wanna, you know, BS about the Edmund Fitzgerald, and I'm sure people would love to hear us talk about music for an hour. No, we'll we'll get right to the Packers. We got to We got things are too serious. This is serious stuff, Bob. Yep. Things are right. falling apart. Uh, Twelve sixty-five. Man, the offense was really good in this game for what they have. Receivers four footballs, O line four, QB three, running backs. I gave them a five, Tyler. I never give fives. I gave them a five. D-line one, linebackers one and a half, DBs three, kickers one and a half, special teams one and a half, overall three. All right. So I'm going to just kind of work through this the receiver core first, okay? And I'll give you some thoughts on this season. All right. Romeo Dobbs made a, a couple of great plays in this game, and Toure, the seventh-round pick from Nebraska, Made a terrific play. All very, very encouraging stuff. Um, you know, Dobbs is the guy. I just want to remind listeners of this, you know. He showed up at the combine, weighed and measured the first day, 
And then really what I was told by several scouts is that he did not leave his room in Indianapolis for the next two, two days, 48 hours until his group had the plane tickets to leave. He was anxiety ridden, according to scouts, stressed out. And that, that he's got a lot of talent. Now, I'm not saying that's why he, he, I think he was drafted in the fourth where he should have been, but still this was a red flag for a lot of clubs, you know, that he just couldn't answer the bell down there. Um, he's answering the bell now and he had a great game. So that's all I can really say on that T. That is, um, uh, that is interesting. I remember seeing that, you know, in your draft coverage and, yep. uh, you know, you feel for him. You can only imagine what he was going through mentally. Um, did they yep. offer any more specifics? It was, it, it no. was they were concerned about this. He, he really was just in his room for a couple of days. Yeah. He just did not participate in anything. And all it says on the official combine sheets, I looked it up again last night. It said uh, no workout hyphen choice. So it was his choice not to work out in official vernacular. Then later he attended pro day, ran like four or five, two or something like that. All right. So this receiving course, I mean, Lazard wasn't there. Okay. And he's been okay. He's what is he a halfway between a two and a three Randall Cobb. He's just a guy now at this point. So he wasn't there. I mean, really big deal. Um, It goes back to the draft. It goes back to the last several years here. You know, I just thought about a few things, Tyler. Um, You know, he traded up for Amari Rogers in 21 in the third round at 85. Brian Gutekunst did. At 112. 25 picks later was Amon St. Brown of USC. Now I've seen this guy a lot on the Lions. You know, he had 90 catches last year. This guy's a hell of a player. He's been hurt this year, but he is the slot receiver that they wanted in Rodgers. I mean, you make a mistake like that. Amon St. Brown is really good. He'd be their best guy right now. Um, Okay. The year before, he traded up – no, he took the, the tight end fullback, Isaiah DeGora. Isn't that his name, Isaiah? <laughs> I can't – Hosea, okay. Um, the next wide receiver taken was Gabe Davis of Buffalo. Well, we know what he did. 26.1 last year, four touchdowns. He's pretty good, right, Tyler? Yeah, I mean, he's behind digs right now, but he's, he's pretty darn good. Um. And then last year, Brian Gutekunst had control of this entire draft. He had all those extra picks from having dealt uh, Adams. He could have gone up and got Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson, Drake London, any of these guys. And I know Olave's been good. I can't say that much about Wilson and London. I haven't looked up their stats, but I know they're going to be players. And he took the Watson guy, 38 Wonderlick on Watson, but yet totally inexperienced from a uh, – you know, small school program, North Dakota State. But had the had he not wanted to trade up for Watson after not going up in the first, he went up in the second to get Watson. The players they liked were George Pickens and Alec Pierce. And we know what Pickens has done with the Steelers. Yeah, he's a character risk. But Pickens is a stud. He's acrobatic. I mean, you can see this guy's going to be a player. I've seen enough of Pierce and the Colts to know he's going to be a player too. Pierce leads his, the Colts in average per catch, 15.5, 24 for 373. He's a big guy. Pickens, 26 for 338, 13.0, leads the Steelers. 
yeah, they're a two and six team, but these are players, you know, you got Amon St. St. Brown, Pickens, Pierce, again, they get Christian Watson. Yeah. He's got really good speed, but he can't stay on the field. They needed a player to win. Now he picks up Sammy Watkins. We knew this guy was going to get hurt. T. Come on. It's as bad as the Bucks taking Julio Jones. We knew both of them were going to be useless, and they are. In the last 49, states, 49 snaps last night, Sammy Watkins is not targeted. He can't do anything. He's no good anymore. I mean, it's just a, a terrible pick by the Packer personnel department. You know, I'm just going to say a few more things. You know, Brian Gutekunst has had five drafts at this point. And their five best players, four come from Ted Thompson. Rodgers in 05, Bakhtiari in 13, Clark in 16, and Aaron Jones in 17. Then I put uh, Gary, and Alexander would be Gutekunst's fifth best player. He's at 18. Rashawn Gary, you could say at 19, but they probably should have taken Brian Burns of Carolina. He just fits what they do. I'd take Burns over Rashawn Gary right now. He went four picks later. It's just this this inability. He's traded up all these times over the years, his trade-ups. And they've netted Oren Burks, Darnell Savage, Jordan Love, Amari Rogers, and Christian Watson. These are players you are committed to. You're trading draft capital for these players. Oren Burks, Darnell Savage. Man, what a disappointment he is. Jordan Love, we don't know. But I have my doubts. Amari Rogers is a bust. Christian Watson has offered nothing. So that's where they are at wide receiver. Um, Tanyan, we know he's just a guy. He's got nothing after the catch. Mercedes Lewis, he can block. There's no doubt about that. But yet he's a luxury item. He contributes nothing on special teams, which are bad again this year. Can't catch. The, I mean, he can't run anything. Can't help you in the passing game. Um, I'm going to mention DeGora right now, the third round pick who I've widely panned the guy from, was it Cincinnati? That's the best I've ever seen him play last night, um, Sunday night, man, I am impressed. He is blocking so much better when I really studied that tape. Holy man. He was, he, not only was the attacking Milano and a feral Ed, who's the linebacker Edmonds for, for the bills. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Um, but not only was he attacking these guys, but then he'd just be shoving them out of the way. I loved it. Ultra aggressive wham blocks on Milano on that 30 yard gain by Jones lead block on Edmonds. Uh, pull. He's pulled several times. Uh, he looked really good. Shoving defensive linemen over piles. Now he offers nothing in the, with the ball in his hands, but the guy really blocked. Well, I mean, he and, um, 89 Mercedes Lewis were a huge part of that fantastic running game the other night. Um, had they emphasized it even more, they might've won the game or been closer, but all right. So that's about it on the receiving court T. Uh, this is like two months of stuff just coming out of me right now. Okay. <laughs> so bear with me. Okay. You just go. This is, this is outstanding. Um, this is, this is all right. This the is old line the need Bob. So you just, uh, you just keep heat checking here. The old line. You know, I have not liked Myers, the center. I mean, he made a clear mistake. He took him at 62 when 
Creed Humphrey went 63 to Kansas City. And I have only seen Humphrey once this year, but he was so much better than Myers last year. And that was just a mistake. You want to take a center, you take the Ohio State kid over the Nebraska kid. It's a bad mistake. Um, But Myers kind of impressed me. He kept blocking getting to Tremaine Edwards in space the other night. I got that five times. You know, they're so athletic right now. LaFleur is running gap schemes. He had linemen pulling on either seven or eight plays. Uh, man, it's not that strict uh, inside zone, outside zone anymore. Uh, Butkus is now the line coach, and Stanovich is the coordinator. They're both still there. But uh, uh, Zach Tom, the fourth-round pick, I mean, that guy's a tremendous athlete. One scout last, last year said he was the most athletic lineman in the draft, and you can see it. The guy is good in space. Now, he had problems in protection early. We saw that. He got humiliated by Settle one time, and he got beat bad two or three times in the pass game. But he's playing. People thought he wasn't strong enough to play guard, that he could play tackle. He was a left tackle at Wake Forest or center. He played that as early in his career. But I got to like Tom, very athletic, very quick, can pull. Now, it was interesting. When Jenkins couldn't play the other night, they had to make a decision whether to stop, start Tom at guard, who's really kind of undersized, or go back to Royce Newman. But they went with Tom. Very, very interesting decision. Newman had started like the first six games. He was their weak link. Um, yeah, Newman was the weak link last year, and he's just really not very good. I haven't seen Sean Ryan. Didn't see the exhibition. Can't comment about him. Uh, Runyon at guard, I think he's just a guy. He's better than Newman. I don't know if he's better than Tom. Maybe you can get by with him, but I think he's a guy you're going to want to replace. Nijman, who played left tackle last year for Bakhtiari, I really really liked him athletically. Now he's at right tackle. He's showing he's got versatility. He's a massive man with great athletic ability. He got killed by Von Miller on the fourth and one, which really turned the game around. That was really, really bad. Uh, the kid from Penn State, Rashid Walker, I didn't see him in the preseason. I don't know. Uh, Bakhtiari, very encouraging performance. A lot of one-on-ones against Von Miller. Played the entire game. I really liked what Bakhtiari was doing. Even in the run game, he was good. Um, that's an encouraging sign right there. So they got to have him playing 60 minutes, that's for sure. So that's their old line. I kind of like the performance. Um, Buffalo's got a good front. Now, one thing, Buffalo only blitzed 8.8% of the time. They just said the heck with it. They had 31 four-man rushes, three five-man, and one, and that was it. 8.8%. They didn't blitz Rodgers. They didn't think they needed any to get any extra pressure. They just came with four and won the game, you know? Um, All right, so that's it on the line, T. Um, All right, the quarterback – Just on the line real quick. Yeah. Um, we I think we've talked about this before, too. I mean, even last year when this offense was clearly humming best when Dylan and Jones are going downhill. You can just see it. I mean, Zach Tom's a perfect example. These guys, I think it's human nature as an offensive lineman. You sure as hell would rather be moving forward than backwards. It was – they just uh, – they, they found an identity and they found a rhythm on offense – and it started up front. Like they, they're down three scores, but they're still running. That the commitment is there from the coach and the quarterback, which I'm sure we'll get into. 
and the line fed off of it. They fed off of it. Like, hello, right? You probably beat Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, and Taylor Heineke if you just play this this brand of football, if you just decide to run the ball and kick a little ass. Like, um, I, I don't want to get ahead of you, Bob, but it just is like, there, there you go. Like, you're naming young linemen, you know, playing well against the best team in the league, getting confidence, right? You run the ball, you're going to give them confidence. And, and when you're confident, you're going to play better. Um, that's like a one really good thing Green Bay could get going for itself. And you just, you, you hope it's not too little too late. They have a pretty rough schedule the rest of the way. But, man, those three games, those losses easily should have been wins if they just run the ball. Their run, I, first time I looked at this all year, Tyler, I figured it out. The ratio of runs to passes and sacks, they're at 39.9% run. It's not good enough. They should really, with what you just said, I agree wholeheartedly. They should be at 45, 46%. With Amon Green 20 years ago, they were at 50.9% one year. I think that was 03. Larry Bechtel, Amon Green, and that good offensive line. Yeah, That's yeah. all they got on offense, T. They don't have Rodgers throwing the ball wherever he's throwing the ball. That's all garbage. All right. Granted, he's playing with junk at the receiving positions, all right? But Brady did that for years and years, too. You make these people, as good as Rodgers is and as good as he thinks he is, you have to make these people better. You have to make the surrounding cast work for you. You just have to. These are professional players. Dobbs has can run. Lazard is a tough guy. Watkins has played in the league. Cobb has played in the league. Tunyon, all right, he's played in the league. To raise a seventh-round pick, we see he's got ability. He's a very mature kid. I went back and looked at it. People like Torre from Nebraska. He was only there one year. And Watson has been in and out all the time. I don't know what he is. But you've got to make this better. And the body language, the facial expressions, the selfishly blown off the off-season workouts when he had a chance to work with these people, just none of it looks like a leader to me, a guy who's really committed. Um, I don't know. I'm not there. I'm, you know, I never see the guy. I don't watch any of his press conferences. I don't read anything from over there or anywhere about the Packers. All these thoughts are just my own, just watching those eight games. Um, you know, he had 74 yards passing with 10.05 left. He finished with 129 in the last 10 minutes, one really good touchdown drive, and then one missed field goal, and it didn't work. Um, you know, when he ran for 11 yards there, t- Tyler, that was his longest run all year. Now he has 20 yards rushing for the season. People say he doesn't have the burst in his legs. I can't say that. I cannot say that he's lost a burst. I guess when you've seen him so much over the years, maybe, maybe if you were watching tape from seven years ago, you would see it. But I still think he can explode, but he just doesn't. And why, I don't know. He's got this little thumb injury. We got Tariko and everybody giving that a big narrative every week. Come on. Can you imagine the injuries guys are playing with compared to this little thummy thing? Um, he has played every snap for eight games. You know how blessed they are? Quarterbacks are getting hurt. Last year he played every snap. The year before, you know. And 27 points is the high for this offense through eight games. Amazing. 
The guy does not fumble, although he fumbled six times this year, lost three. But I still love his when he gets sacked. I love those two hands clamping on that ball. That's one of his under. I love that trade on this guy. Um, against a damaged Buffalo secondary, top two safeties gone. Tredarius White, he's on IR, right? T or he's gone. I mean, they're playing with guys back there and they couldn't exploit it. Rodgers couldn't. Um, he had two near interceptions. I don't know. But, you know, the guy's in there at ninth or tenth in the league in passer rating. He's not going to throw those picks. He's not going to put those balls in harm's way. He's just not. He's going to take a sack before he'll throw that pick up. Sacks, who cares? Nobody counts sacks. Can you imagine how many more sacks he has than Favre had? I'll bet several hundred more than Favre. We'll talk about that when we get to the all-McGinn team. But um, I guess that's it at QB. Jordan Love, I haven't seen him all year. I don't know. You've written a lot and talked a lot about Rodgers. That's, that's about all I've got. In terms of the future of T, I've always liked this. When I'm in the middle of a season covering a team, you know, the Internet wasn't crazed. There was no Internet when I started in the 80s. And then into the 90s, it just wasn't crazed. And I could just kind of cover the team without having to jump ahead, without having to be premature in my judgments. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to stick with that right now. In terms of the long term for the pack, what quarterback situation, money, salary cap, I'm just focused on this team right now, okay? I'm trying – the goal is – I think Packer, I know this is weird and it's old fashioned, but I think every victory counts so much for these Packer fans worldwide. I think every game is an entity unto itself. And I believe in winning so much that I just concentrate on a game, a win, what it means for these people, what it means for the organization, what it means for Lafleur's record, Rogers record. Every game is vital. And I'm the only question now, can they win the division? Can they make the playoffs? Yes, they can make the playoffs, but now they got to do it and they got to win games. <laughs> I feel like I'm sitting in a in a Mike McCarthy press conference. You're taking it one day at a time. You're stacking success. You're not going to get into uh, <laughs> grandiose statements here. Um, so you're not watching these games and thinking, hmm, I wonder if. Brian Gutekunst, Matt LaFleur, Mark Murphy, Russ Ball, if they're watching – Aaron Rodgers and thinking, oh wow, look at look at Seattle. They made out pretty good trading Russell Wilson. They got all that capital. They got players. <laughs> Just imagine what Green Bay could have gotten, Bob. Just imagine the motherload of picks and assets they could have gotten if wow. they just had the guts to rip the band-aid off. That's really more like a 10-foot swath of duct tape. It would it would be painful. It would be a painful band-aid to rip off and the pitchforks would have been out, but the pitchforks were out when Ted Thompson is at the shareholders meeting and there's fans going up to him with petitions demanding that Brett Favre be their quarterback. Like they lived this, they saw it, they went through it. Like, you, you know, the benefits, he was the MVP. I can't just gloss over that. He was damn good. The last two years, he threw a wrench into everything. It just, they're objectively in this weird middle ground, um, you drafted a quarterback in the first round, yet now you're all in on Aaron Rodgers, $150 million. I mean, they're in salary cap hell whenever he walks away, let alone his skills diminishing. Three and five, hey, they should win at Detroit. They should. You know, you're right. It's all still in front of them. They can still make the playoffs. But 
Um, things could go south here fast, and I think they're a long ways off from competing with the Philadelphia's, San Francisco's, even Minnesota. Um, we'll, we'll see. They, they, got, they, they, they did get a good thing going with that run game, and they're just, they just need something out of the pass game. I don't want to slow you down, though. You can move on to the next. Let me mention. You, let me you, mention know, you don't think they're thing. even they're thinking about maybe a hey, a little a little remorse, a little a little thought popping in the head. I wonder if there was a missed opportunity there. I just wonder what Rogers is like around the building, Tyler. Is he all in? I mean, he always seems like an impossible guy to coach to me. You know, they might really be thinking those second thoughts if he's just incorrigible. I mean, I see him look right through LaFleur. I mean, he's looking away from LaFleur when the two of them are talking on the sidelines. It's the craziest thing. He doesn't even look or acknowledge his head coach. (laughs) Well, listen to LaFleur's press conferences, and I know you're not as plugged in as as you used to be. I I try to catch what I can from afar, and you know, when it comes to the quarterback, he doesn't sound like a coach. That's like overseeing the quarterback or above the quarterback on some, you know, masthead, you know, some hierarchy, um, you know, he'll never criticize him. They don't want to piss him off. Like you can tell nope. the last thing they want to do is, you know, he kind of Matt LaFleur referred to um, the, the young receivers and the guys on offense, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers goes on McAfee and was blasting everybody else for making mistakes and kind of blaming everybody but himself out of the commander's loss. And, you know, LaFleur had his back and he he compared teammates to like when you have kids and you get after your kids, you know, it might not, if I'm a, I've said this before on the podcast, so sorry, people are listening to it again. I, I want to get your thoughts. I mean, if you're a grown ass adult in that locker room and you're being referred to your head coach as a kid and you see your boss constantly just kind of a, take that side and, and not necessarily hold Aaron Rodgers accountable when he has a bad game, I, I, I would think that would, that would, that would piss guys off. I agree. Wow. three more points on the receivers Valdez scantling once they decided to move adams and he wanted to go i'm sure because of rogers aren't you yeah um i, Valdez Scantling, sure, but... I think Valdez scantling should be their number one the guy's 22 for 369 16.8 he's dropped two balls he's playing 74 percent of the time in kansas city there's nothing wrong with uh mvs I told you I went to the Miami-Detroit game Sunday. I could not. I was in row 17, kind of on the 30-yard line. I could not take my eyes off of Tyreek Hill. I could not. That's all I watched when the Dolphins had the game. So fast, so quick, so strong, so explosive. He had 188 yards. Um, All right, creative move Hmm. by the Dolphins. You know, they they deal a one, a two, one, two, four that year, and a four and a six. And A.J. Brown, they deal a one and a four, 18th pick in the 101 for A.J. Brown. We know what he's done, three touchdowns the other day. These are creative people, guys who are trying to move ahead, and I just yeah. don't see Gutekunst as that kind of a guy. Uh, okay. I think he's a solid individual, but I do not see him as a uh, dynamic um, I dealt with Ron Wolf for those nine years and I know how intellectual he was and how bright he was and how quick minded. I just don't see that in good against. And, you know, and his drafts haven't been that good either up on top. He's had a few good ones. Now we'll get to a couple here in a second, but all right, the running backs T let's go to them. Aaron Jones is his team's best player. 
my God, I counted 11 broken tackles. It's one of the best I've ever seen him play. How many darn yards he had? Two. 24 touches for 157. Dylan ran well, 11 touches for 63. They got 220, 220 between them in 35 touches. They probably should have had 50 touches. Uh, at Buffalo, they are – Jones is just unreal. The stiff arm, he hasn't – you know, they've, those coaches have done a good job, really. They have limiting his exposure. All, so he hasn't been banged up recently. He's so damn good. It's just unreal. Um, I see Blake Corum playing for Michigan, and I think to myself, is Blake Corum going to be as good as uh, Jones? I doubt it. Dylan ran tough. He made a nice cut in that 27-yard run. You combine and I want to see Kylan Hill when he gets back off his ACL. I love that guy last year. And we talked about DeGora as a lead blocker. The guy was impressive. So the running backs, five-star. I don't ever do that to you. They were good, man. All right, let's go to the D-line, huh? All right, what's killing them, obviously, is their run defense. And it's really – it's really surprising. I printed them out this morning. They're 29th against the run and 25th in yards per carry. And it hasn't been like that recently. All right, how do I see it? You know, I don't see Kenny Clark as good in, in year seven. I mean, he's the guy who held the fort all these years. Watching on TV, and I spent some of those games watching him. I didn't see him make plays, and I really studied him in this Buffalo game. He got manhandled on the first play of the game by that Ryan Bates, the right guard, gain of six. Bates got him again one-on-one on a nine-yard carry. He had no no pressures in this game. Uh, boy, it was telling. 6.32 left in a 10-point game. Bills start out first down on their own 26 after the touchdown to Terray. 10-point game. You know you're going to run the ball. Clark's out of the lineup. They got 93 Slayton and uh, – 94 Lowry in the middle of a nickel. He comes in in the fourth play. One time, uh, Roger Saffold, the old Ram, he just one-on-one, he manhandled Kenny Clark and threw him to the ground. It was in the fourth quarter. I had never seen that happen. I don't know if he's hurt, Tyler. I don't read anything like I said, but right now through eight games, he has not been the great Kenny Clark. Uh, Lowry was really a non-entity in this game. Um, that wasn't good, and he's getting up there too. Jerron Reed kind of impresses me. It looks like a pretty good signing. He had three pressures. He shows penetration. Um, I kind of like what he's doing. He, he's not as stout, I don't think, as maybe Tyler Lancaster, a guy like that. T.J. Slayton, I kind of like him too. He played 22 snaps. I kind of like him. Now let's go to Devontae Wyatt. I did see one 60 minutes of, I think, of the New Orleans exhibition game, and I watched Devontae Wyatt, the guy from Georgia. Buckled against the run. You know, I remember one scout said he plays up on his toes. He didn't think he would. He, they liked him athletically and as a rusher, but they did not like, like him at the point. Now, you could see in the exhibition game, and that's why he's not playing. He lacks he lacks play strength. Um as a rusher, I saw stuff in that exhibition game two or three times, but he's not playing because he can't hold the run. I'm sure that's it. And they need that front to hold the run, especially now. 
So, all right, that's the D-line. Uh, disappointing. Inside backer. The other big problem against the run game, and we saw it last year, Devondre Campbell is not a take-on physical guy. He wasn't last year, but Clark was playing so good you didn't see it. This year with Clark not playing as well, no. Campbell is not a physical guy. He never – he was his first couple years at Atlanta coming out of Minnesota, but in Green Bay he wasn't, and now he's really not. He overran um, – Who's the running back? Uh, Singletary on that 30-yard carry. He overran that thing. Then he got injured out with the right knee. That's a problem. Now let's talk about Quay Walker. I have really watched him all eight games, and then I watched him the 15 snaps. He's just as advertised. He's six three and a half. He's athletic, and he's fast. He can get to the sideline. But he is a slow reactor. That's what he was coming out. He's inexperienced. He had like 13 starts at Georgia. He's he's a day late on the trigger. He is, and that's what they said again. In coverage, now, people again said on zone drops that he is not, not the answer, and he's going to need a lot of work on that. The play on the sideline, the shoving of that to practice squad player standing over there, what I just said about his ability to play and what I saw on that sideline incident, Tyler, this comes back to root. The Wonderlick score is nine. And you see that in his play, and you saw that on the sidelines. It's a terrible decision. And right now, he's hurting him in that run game, and he's another fact. So you got a nose tackle who's not as good, and you got two inside backers who really are below average against that interior, against any kind of run, really. Campbell, you know, he can he can cover, he's really good doing that. But the walkers all over the place, he's just learning the game. I if Chris Barnes wasn't injured, I'd like to see him in there. Then they got two guys injured. McDuffie, I thought he was okay. And, you know, uh, Eric Wilson, the old Viking starter, he came in. You know, he started 15 games for the Bikes in 2020. I uh, look back at what the scouts said on the All-North uh, team. They kind of liked the guy. I thought he was okay. But, again, he doesn't know what he's doing in coverage either. He hasn't played enough. So that's the inside backers. Outside backers. Rashawn Gary is rushed the passer really well this year. But again, we talked about it last year. He he's lost weight and he's not that 275 pound slug anchor edge setter out there anymore. You can really do anything you want with him against the run. I don't see him chasing and flattening as hard as he used to those first two years either. Um, and he's not an aware football player. So he hurts him in the run game. But the guy is really a good pass rusher. Uh, he was against the backup tackle. Brown was injured. Quisenberry, the old veteran, played. And on the other side, Preston Smith's had a really good year. Um, he gave up that touchdown around him in a scr- scramble when uh, Josh Allen went around outside on him on third and 14, ran down. He gave that up. And he kind of loafed on that 30-yard run, too. You check that out in pursuit. He loafed in pursuit. But I still kind of like what he's done. The backups, the guy from South Carolina, Egg Barry, kind of interesting. You know, he's big. He can't run. He ran a terrible 40, but he's got a knack. He had double-digit sacks in the SEC. Kind of like him. Garvin's been nothing. That's the linebackers. And you, Fantastic Keep breakdown, going. Bob. I, I just was thinking, you know, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, and you think about the draft capital it took for those two players. I know they're rookies and – could have long careers ahead of them, but this was a team 
you know, in theory, that was all in to win a Super Bowl in 2022. They wanted immediate impacts out, out of both of those players. And they trade much. those picks, trade those picks, go get a lave. It could be Olave, I mean, like right you now. mentioned I mean, AJ Brown. What about a veteran? Yeah. That was an option as well. I just get, or like get said, George get Pickens. Get George Pickens, man. Sit there and take him at 53. Yeah. Okay. Secondary. I'll just say real quick too, Bob. Like I, I, I mean, I was wrong. <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I saw this defense ascending um, and being a dominating unit. I really, like we did. Our, yeah, our, I know Tyler. Season picks. I mean, I really thought that this Green Bay defense could. You look at all the first round picks, and there were there were signs last year. You know, each level from from Kenny Clark setting the tone on the nose, Devontae Campbell making plays all over the place, Quay Walker. Yeah, I guess I was probably a little higher on him than you're, you're talking to all these scouts and we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. And then on, on the back end, um, it's hard to find a cover corner like Jerry Alexander. I don't know. I, I, I thought the pieces were all there and um, yeah, there's still a lot of season left, but we're halfway through and they are a long ways off of elite. Joe Barry, is he the guy? I mean, I don't see him doing a whole lot. Uh, I don't know. He, he's, he's certainly not black. helping. Yeah. He, he lacks the him. creativity of Dom Capers. I mean, he's nothing like that. Even Mike Patton. I don't. Patton did a lot of different things. I don't. I don't see it with this guy. But okay, the secondary. I mean, Tyler. Nobody's throwing the ball on him. I mean, you can't. You can't throw the ball on him. Stokes is. Uh, he's. He looks really good. He's got bad hands. We know that. But aside from that, two completions for 16 yards against him. Um, man, he ran that double move over there against Diggs. He ran the route for Diggs. He was beyond, you know, he, yeah. Diggs couldn't That's even right. get, get abreast of him. The ball went incomplete. I mean, Stokes is really good. Alexander, man, he had three breakups in this game. You know, he gave up the long touchdown pass to the commanders, uh, Terry McLaurin. Uh, he got burned, kind of cost him the game. Um, the guy's not as big as toe. I don't know who I'd take right now between the two of them. Um, I don't see Alexander as a hitter. You know, he kind of gets blocked a long time when plays are coming at him. He doesn't get off blocks at all. He made a nice diving interception. I mean, he's not a ball guy, but he does get to the ball. He's competitive as all get out. I think he's a little over the top with this stuff. Uh, he's a little annoying. He doesn't look professional out there doing all this unbelievable chippy stuff, but he's a good I player. Like it, Bob. I kind of like it. Yeah, I got you. I know a lot do. And Rasul Douglas, we knew the speed and the lack of athletic ability would get him as it did in Philadelphia. And, you know, props to Ken Dorsey and their offensive staff for finally getting Diggs or whoever they wanted on Douglas and then exploiting him. And that's how they really made any plays downfield that they made. Uh, the double move for 26 yard touchdown on Douglas. He was slow. Um, the 53 yard bomb, he throws his hands up at the end. I mean, he got burned there too, you know, just as at fault as Darnell Savage, if not more. But again, if you're going to try to throw the ball, Douglas has to resort to grabbing. He can really break on the ball. 
I don't think he's a great hitter either. Uh, I think he's an average slot, an average number three corner. They paid him. Okay. Savage, the safety, man, he hasn't gotten any better, Tyler. Uh, two missed tackles of the four in the secondary. He's missed tackles all year long. Um, Allen on that scramble for 20 yards, he offers that pathetic shoulder half, half elbow. He didn't want any part of, you know, taking him straight up. Um, Miss Cook on that 17-yard run. The bomb, he's twisted, turning, uh, out of position. He got beat on the next play. He's just not a very good player. And they traded up for that player. Utter disappointment. Just a guy. All right, Adrian Amos. I mean, he's a tough guy, but we know all about him. He's going to get exposed athletically in coverage. Teams are going to match him up, and they're going to get completions all day long if they can. His feet were frozen by Isaiah McKenzie on that seven-yard touchdown. Your guy. Um, all right, and then the backups, none of them played. I haven't really seen the backups. So the secondary is darn good at the corner with Alexander and Stokes. You got Stokes a problem. Got yanked for one play. Did you catch that? Like LaFleur no. just pulled him out for one random play. Um, wow. Unless I missed it, there really wasn't much explanation beyond he wanted him oh. out quick. I saw he, had, he was one, one snap less than everybody else. Yeah. I think that was when – was that the touchdown, the digs uh, over know. Douglas? Uh, Maybe. Either way, how, what have you seen out of Eric Stokes overall? Big picture. That's a guy we haven't really – Thought about Stokes, him, talked about well, I, yeah. I talked about him at first here when I maybe you didn't know I was right. talking about him first. I really, really like him. He's got the bad hands, but this guy is really good. He's a lot bigger than Jair Alexander. Stokes is a hell of a draft pick. That one is in uh, Brian Goodick. It's a feather in his cap. He took him over the other corner from Georgia. I can't remember his name. They were closely matched. It's a really good pick. Um Although, yep, you just hit on Stokes all the way. All right, let's go to the special teams. I know some people thought that they hired Bisaccia. This would turn this whole thing around. Yeah, fat chance. Um, when you look at the Goslin rankings, Bisaccia in like 18 years is a number one guy, ranked 14th. I mean, this isn't uh, this isn't Scott O'Brien coming in or out of retirement or Brad Seeley or who are, I mean, the real greats. Versace is not a great. Right now, they're in the bottom five in the league. They don't cover well. They don't return return well. Amari Rogers is an albatross. Uh, you know, he can't even catch the ball this year. Uh, all right, interesting. You know, they made the Crosby. He's still a good kicker. I give him credit. He's a great guy, Tyler, as you know. Yeah. I hope he kicks forever. This is a great kicker. Chris Jackie, Ryan Longwell, and Mason Crosby. It's like the quarterbacks, man, even only five years longer. It's a un- couple years longer. Jackie came in 89. Great pick by Tom Bratz, maybe 88. And they've been great ever since. Um, okay, the punter. That surprised me. I had talked to enough scouts over the years because he's in the division about Pat O'Donnell. Uh doesn't have a big leg at all, and it's going to show in the, the colder the weather gets. Uh, he is a directional guy. He's been an average punter to below, I think. He keeps trying these Aussie punts from way out in the field. Surprises me. 
Uh, he's worth 24th and net, something like that, 25th and net. Now, they gave up on Bohorquez, the left footer last year who was there one year, and then Cleveland's Mike Prefer jumped on him in free agency, and I don't know what kind of year he's had. I went to a Brown game, though, a couple, uh, three weeks ago, and he punted pretty good that day against the Patriots. I was a fan that day, too, T. All right. Um, <laughs> um, okay, O'Donnell, but he's a really good holder, and Bohorquez was a terrible holder, and I'm sure that's what they were thinking. And O'Donnell, I've noticed this, he is a really good holder. They changed long snappers. They dumped Wordle, who was terrible, after Bradley was terrible. They got Coco on the 55-yard field goal last night. Coco had a terrible snap. Thing was low, made O'Donnell have to spin. Poor Crosby missed it wide left. Should have made the kick with a better snap. The whole special teams thing, I do detect they've been close to blocking punts. I think they did block one. And they've been close. I like what Passaccia has done there. But, again, there's been penalties. The return game's a mess. Keyson Nixon runs that out 49 yards. Penalty on Innes Gaines for a hold. It was a terrible call against uh, Jake Kumaro. So anybody who thinks it's, it's not the head coach on special teams, it is the head coach on special teams. It's his emphasis. It's his deal. That's, he doesn't know anything about special teams. Let's face it, these quarterback coaches never do. It takes a defensive coach, really, or a really committed, extraordinary offensive coach to get special teams right, and he ain't doing it. So special teams are not helping him again. Phew. That was Bob McGinn in his prime. Still in his prime, breaking it down, position by position, player by player. This game provides such a – Perfect window into the bigger picture, too. Um, holy cow, I don't know where to start, you know, in terms of... Uh, what do you, what do you see him going this... Where's their season headed, T? You know, the schedule doesn't get easier. There's some tough games, but... Yeah. I think we're all conditioned to expect Aaron Rodgers to figure it out to an extent. I think that... The fact that he was willing to hand the ball off in Orchard Park here against the Bills down three scores is a, is progress because we don't know what's going on in that headset. We don't really know the play calls going in, going out, what's being changed to the line of scrimmage. But up until that game, it sure seemed like the quarterback with autonomy at the line of scrimmage was choosing to throw the ball more than he would. He was asked, you know, I, to, to what extent? We don't know you know, he'll be protected by his coaches, but the commitment was there. I mean, there's two ways to look at it. Down 20, down three scores, what, 24-7, and you're running the ball with that much discipline. <laughs> the, 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 I guess the, uh, the skeptic, the cynic would say, wow, that's pathetic, right? I mean, you have a $150 million quarterback, and you're, ba- you're basically publicly admitting he's not good enough at this point. He's not special. He's not going to be able to bring you back down three scores in the fourth quarter. Um, so, yeah, they think there's some of that there. But I think the other half, you know, the glass half full optimistic side is true, too. Like, this is a team finally leaning into what works best. And that's feeding Aaron Jones, feeding A.J. Dillon. Aaron Rodgers still was able to make some plays in the past game off of the run. And if they continue that, they can make the playoffs. I mean, they added a team in the NFC. The NFC is a mess. They, they can get in. What are they going to do once they're in? I don't, I don't know. Right at, 
as they look right now, I, I don't think they're going to do much, maybe, maybe win a game, but there's still a lot of time to figure it out. And I think that that was progress in terms of like the quarterback buying in visually. I mean, if you're, if you're going to run the ball down three scores, um, it's, it's a good sign, I think. And it works. But, it works. but Willie Tyler, really? I don't I mean, know. The cold weather is going to be a good sign, there, but they I should don't run it even more. But is he going to really want to do that? You know, no. Will he do it against <laughs> Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys when they come to town? He might then, spite. Maybe he does it in spite of McCarthy, right? They hand it off 80 times. He throws three times, right? Just to. <laughs> um, no, I, it, it's got to be a question mark and. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah, it's what they have going for them though is I mean it, it, when you look at the NFC, Bob, like what teams to you are like this team could get to the Super Bowl that you could make a case for right now. What 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 are those teams to you? The Eagles and the Cowboys and the Niners. You're That's not about put it. The Vikings huh? in there. I'm not. Are you? They're finding a way to win. I, yeah, I think it matters if you can just make the plays late that you weren't able to make. I get it. Statistically across the board, they're pretty average. You know, however you want to slice it, but they're winning. <laughs> they are. They've got. I four. see green. They've got. They've got Justin. Je- Justin Jefferson might be the best player in the conference when he's on. Yeah. So. That's Darius the- Smith. Three sacks on Kyler Murray, eight and a half on the year. He's he's been fantastic. Yeah. You can't tell me Green Bay couldn't use him right now. They could have kept him, no doubt about it. Yeah, they could have. Um, what else are I going to say? Yeah, that Justin Jefferson, the value of the receiver, huh, Tyler? I saw it with my own eyes with Tyreek Hill Sunday. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. You can't touch these receivers. They just go and dominate the game. They do. They just they they play bully ball. Look at AJ Brown. I mean, against yeah. Pittsburgh, which uh, that that celebration was was perfect. Did you see? He caught the touchdown. You probably didn't like it, Bob. No, but he just like he point. He got called for taunting. and he just it was in double coverage basically, and they both fall down. And he just stands there with the ball and he just points points to one of them like this, then points to the second guy like that. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was great. To your point, that's the position in offensive football in a nutshell. You get one of these studs, they'll just they'll play bully ball. Hey, Green Bay had one of their own in Devontae Adams. So, uh, yeah. Um, how about you? I mean, so, I mean, you just hit it. Like, there's not, it's not like there's this long scroll of teams that you can talk yourself into going the distance. So, where do you see Green Bay season going? I was. I like the secondary. I like the two backs, especially the top back. I like the offensive line, what I've seen there. Jenkins will be back soon. And with Bakhtiari, that's really encouraging. Lazard will be back within a week or two. I mean, he's not great, but he's the best they got. Yeah. Special teams, I don't see it. Um, I, I mean, I think they could win nine games, be nine and eight. And that gets them in in the NFC. And then they're on the road and they get beat within a game or two in the playoffs. Hmm. Oh, the other thing I want to say, Tyler, 
mangameslost.com is a website. It's been around about 15 years, and they chart track injuries for every team. Uh, two weeks ago, so that was after six games, the least impacted teams by injuries was Jacksonville and Green Bay. This team has had a huge break on injuries this year until the other night now. Now they lost some people. And the game before that against Washington, they they lost somebody, I think, Jenkins and Lazard. But they had had a huge break. It was inevitable that injuries would occur, and now they've occurred in these last two games. But this team's had a big break. I know, you know, the announcers want to – keep showing that graphic about all these awful injuries with Watkins and Cobb, all these, these great players injured and Watson injured at wide receiver, but no. And we want to show the, the little thumb in with the little tape on there, but no, this team's had a huge break on injuries. That's the narrative, but the networks don't want to point that out. Oh no. No, 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 no. definitely not. Definitely not. Plus Randall Cobb. I mean, right. He's a, he's a great one. I, I still don't <laughs> understand that. That was the move where you kind of understood, okay, the team is shifting here philosophically to Aaron, here's your seat at the table. You let us know what you want, which kind of makes it interesting now because Aaron's probably going to want a receiver right now in the trade deadlines today, as we record. Yeah. So people are probably listening and they know what happened, but um, all right. Begin memory. Want to, want to polish off with one of these babies. Let's do it really quick. Green Bay still is not one in your hometown, Ty, a Buffalo T, right? They're on seven. Hey, I was a young Packer fan at a game once in a cheesehead, and I had part of the cheesehead ripped off and thrown onto the field. So I'm well No. Aware. Yes. Yes. Right off your head? Off the head. <laughs> I think Rob, Rob Johnson, friend of the program, Rob Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> we, we always find an excuse to talk to a go long. <laughs> took the Packers down, I think, that day, if I remember correctly. Yeah, what what year so. would you say that was? It's like 98, 99, maybe? Yeah, I remember that game. Do you? Well, I'm going to go back to the my first visit to Buffalo, October 30, October 30 1988. We stayed downtown, Tyler. And I was just kind of out for a walk around 4.30 on this cold, uh, late October day. And I looked at the baseball field. What do you call that AAA stadium there? The right uh, downtown. Buffalo Bison, Duntire. Okay. And I was looking through this wrought iron gate. And this guy said, hey, what are you up to? And I told him what I was doing. He says, come on in. He gave me an hour tour of the place. And it was built so they could go up in case they got a major league team. That's right. They thought they were getting a major league ball club way back. And they never he did. He was very proud. He worked in the front office. and But it never happened, did it? No. No. That's interesting. Is the team, is the team still there? Yeah, the Bison are still there. Okay. Did you go to yep. a game this year? Um, no, Bob. Sonny's one. Ella's three. When it- Next year. They're big enough next year. Yeah, next, next year. Season. I think we'll bring I think Ella, we're gonna bring to a Sabre game. This, the hockey team's looking pretty good. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, this uh, was um it, so T, the pack came in two and six under first year coach Lindy and Fonny, okay? And the Bills were seven and one. So they were a double digit dog. And this was Don Mikowski's return to Depew, New York and Orchard Park in Buffalo, right? 
That's right. So the Magic Man was under center, and it was a rough one. 79,176 at Rich Stadium. 38-degree raw day on the shores of Lake Erie. I'm looking at my story, okay? And uh, the finale was the Bills, 28, the Pack, zero. They got blanked. That's the worst defeat of the seven that the Packers have suffered. Rich Moran, the guard, said, I just think we got our asses kicked. It was pretty ugly. Uh, Mikowski, <laughs> he was under so much pressure, Tyler. He went uh, 11 of 29 for 93 yards with one pick. He got knocked down, sacked six times, knocked down five. Um, I mean, he just had no chance. Jim Kelly, he only threw 14 passes, completed (laughs) 10 for 80. They ran the ball the whole game. Uh, Thurman Thomas, 23 for 116. Mr. Mueller, nine for 34. Mueller? Bueller? Uh, Harmon, Ronnie Harmon, nine for 23. Oh, yeah. Brent Fullwood was seven for 41. So uh, Bruce Smith was there and uh, Fred Smurlis. Cornelius Bennett had a huge day pressuring the magic man. Um, Fred Smurlis uh, still kicking around. Yeah, he was. Uh... Right before that Super Bowl run, so you you caught yeah you caught the Bills at an interesting time. So two years before the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, the first Super Bowl was ninety. Uh, only two of Mikowski's eleven completions went to wide receivers. Two balls batted down at the line. Cornelius Bennett was too strong and too quick to be blocked. Thurman Thomas was great. That's it, T. They got him, Freddie Smurlis and company. So that's uh, my first trip to Buffalo. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to see Bob McGinn wandering around the city of Buffalo in the '80s, just getting into shenanigans <laughs> like we used to on the beat, right? That's <laughs> actually, you know what? We really, for the most part, we would just kind of hang at the hotel bar, wouldn't we? It's just easier. Like, don't gotta, don't gotta yeah. go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, right. That that's kind of like anytime yep. I do a work trip here at Go Along now, and you know, going to these cities, it's like a, I'm so washed up now in my mid 30s. Like I literally just post up like at that courtyard lobby and transcribe or write anytime I'm not interviewing somebody. It's <laughs> like what an opportunity, right? There's no crying kids, no diapers to change. No, it's it's lock in, lock in. <laughs> so Tyler, let me bring up your your tight end book, okay? I've read about half of it. Thanks for sending it to me. And it's a fabulous book. It's extraordinary in every way, starting with the the first chapter on Iron Mike Ditka. It's really well written, really well conceived. Uh, It's a tremendous addition to any sports football library. It's a great one, Tyler. You should be very proud of this book. Um, How's your schedule been promoting it and selling it and all this stuff? Uh, it means a lot, Bob. Thanks so much for reading it and, and the kind words. It was, it was, I mean, we've talked throughout the process. I mean, it was such a passion project. I grew to really, really love the idea and how it kind of took on a life of its own. Not that I didn't at first, I, I guess I didn't really know exactly where it would lead. I, I knew that this was a position that like was the sport itself. And I just wanted to get to like the the purity of the sport and how it can be saved and, 
and where it, just just travel around the country, hang out with these guys, and kind of see where it goes. And it was awesome. I mean, I I loved every second of it, and I can't thank everybody out there enough for for reading. Uh, but yeah, the right now it's about uh, you know, for the lack of a better, better term, you have to you have to whore yourself, Bob. You remember that that life, right? When you're selling a book, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anybody who wants to talk to you on any radio station, any podcast, you say yes. And you end up saying, you know, repeating a lot of the same stories, but I've, I've tried to keep it fresh. I mean, this book is what close to 350 pages. So we got a lot packed in there. Um, I've probably done about 60, 65 podcasts or radio spots. And we really? had some more this week, yeah. you know, big and small, just trying to get the word out. And, but honestly, look, I mean, if people are listening to this word of mouth, right. I, I think that that is the absolute best advertising for a book it's just people actually reading it right i mean you're you're digging into it you're just you know reliving these wild stories and we're bringing it to the golf course with dicka the bar with shocky you know in austin texas with tony gonzalez and people enjoying it and just telling a friend so that's what i've been asking people just to share it with a friend and also i have copies here so if anybody out there wants me to sign a copy just reach out to me directly you can twitter Shoot me a DM at Ty Dunn or email golongtd at gmail.com and we will uh, get you a copy. So just let me know. And Great. thank you, Bob. Where are, so what chapter yeah. are you on right now? Ooh, it's like seven or eight. I can't remember what's next. I don't yeah. know, but I've, uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. I mean, you can jump, people can jump around. Like if you want to go right to Shockey or Gronk or, you know, Dallas Clark, Mark Bruner, you can. But I think you, you're reading now. There is an arc, like there is a, a narrative to kind of follow, and it's cool mm-hmm. to really see how the position evolved. And I, I mean, I think that these guys they really do teach us so much about life. I mean, that conversation with Jackie Smith is one I'll remember till the day I die. Like like a lot of these, mm-hmm. but he's somebody you remember, I'm sure, with the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, but what do you say, Bob? Cut her off there. Yep, I think so. Thanks so much for doing this, man. I, I miss these Tuesdays on Zoom with you, but I totally understand. Our, our loyal readers understand, and you've been cranking out some awesome content, and I can't wait to uh, see these McGinn files that we'll, we'll get into. Soon. So I'm, I'm going to close out this uh, Packer wrap with um, on the next week or so, I'll have, I'm still making the final deliberations on my all-Packer team from 79 to 21. Offense will be the first one. Defense will be that next part, and then special teams. First team, second team, third team, and others in order at each position. Left guard, right tackle, free safety, and then close it out with some special awards. So we are waiting on bated breath to see where it's <laughs> Yeah, T.J. Rubley. I'd, I'd go Rubley. I'd go Travis Jervy. Maybe we can do a podcast at the end of the Packers season too. wrap that season up. Right. Well, I'll probably talk you into doing a few more in between. So, no. <laughs> no, that sounds good. Whatever you want, Bob, whatever you want, you tell me, but thanks, thanks a lot. Tyler. I'm sure everybody uh, really appreciates it. Th- thanks a lot. Good. Take care.